Dave. Oh. Happy Christmas. Thank you all. Happy Christmas to you too. What would you like for Christmas? I'd like a fat pile of cash, please. Mm, what else would you like for Christmas? Lots of trees. Where? In cities. Well, I've got good news for you, Dave, because there's a charity called... Trees for Cities. They are the only UK charity that work nationally and internationally to plant trees in cities. They're fab. They get local people involved in what they're doing, whether that's like revitalising forgotten spaces, just making the air quality better, obviously helping act climate change, or getting people excited about where their food comes from. Oh, they are fab. They are fab. Yeah, look, today, Trees for Cities has planted over a million trees across the world. And last year, they planted 200,000 trees. Well, Where, Dave? In cities. Correct. Uh, and so they are going great guns. Now, look, you can help them do even more. You can text plant. Plant. To plant a tree. Huh? Plant. Plant. To 70085. And that will help them plant one tree every month. All for six quid. That's not bad, is it? So what was that number again, Ol? Well, I'm glad you asked. It was 70085, and you've just got to text the word plant. Very good. Very good. Trees bon. <laughs> Trees, as you so rightly say, bon. Welcome to Sustainable 160. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 160, my beautiful aquatic mammal. <laughs> How in the name of all things splendid are you? I am very well, thank you. You've How been are in you? a lot of other people's mince pies, haven't you? Oh, yes, I have. It's your... Christmas, the season for my gluttony and somebody else's misfortune. misfortune. Don't leave your mince pies lying around, kids. Me and old Uncle Ol's going to come and take them all. I'm fine, thank you very much. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast, didn't we all? Yes. All about people and the planet and why, despite everything being yours, we can still get locked in an office and turn the alarm on every now and then, can't we all? Yes, that was unfortunate. Uh, but we are, we are also people who can have a laugh at everything being nausea, which is what we try to do on this podcast. Yes. Which this week is going to be all about something rather slippery and magnificent. Oh, is it Boris Johnson? Oh, very good. Uh, no, it's the orca. You mean the killer whale? Well, we're going to come on to that. Why do people call them orcas nowadays rather than killer whales, which they used to in the days of Free Willy? finest film known to humanity. Uh, uh, more importantly, we're going to be asking the opinions and wisdom of someone who knows about orcas and loves them and does volunteering for them and is just generally a big orca fan. And that is our mate Shilpa Shah, who is a strategist and blogger for something called Orca Guardians, which is an organisation based out in West Iceland. Yes, so no particular burning news hook. We thought, what with election fever, you might want to talk about something totally, totally different. So we're just going to learn about orcas, how brilliant they are. are it's the they Boris Johnson laws? approach, isn't it? I should put, the, put a dead cat or a dead orca on the table. But no, <laughs> this is going to be mostly an episode of wonder and awe, and you're going to learn all about these massive creatures and why they're so sodding brilliant and what you can do to help. Yes? Yes. 
Yes. So just before any of that, I'll just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views. Yes. So if fins that we say um, annoy nice. you, uh, don't nice. take it up with anyone that we work for, but just come straight to me or Ol or Shilpa. Yes. Okay. Oh, on with it. So hello, Shilpa. Hello. 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 <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you very, very here. much for coming to talk to us today. Um, why have you come to talk to us today? Who are you? Why do you like orcas? What's going on? So I am a volunteer strategist and blogger with Orca Guardians based in the Snifelness area in Western Iceland. The what? Snifelness. Snifelness. Oh, Is that like? I probably haven't pronounced it properly, so apologies to any Icelandic listeners out there. Sounds like the one of the uh, Loch Ness monsters that was really mean to people. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about this organisation, Orca Guardians. Who are you guarding, and why? There's a clue in the name, Ol. Well, yeah. (laughs) Is it Orcas? So, um, <laughs> yep, one point to you, Ollie. Well done. Um, so, just about dignifying that question with an answer, <laughs> but only just. I'm so sorry, Shelter. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Getting us back to the point, um, Orca Guardians um, was set up by um, President Marie, who's an orcaholic. Um, oh, nice. She's she's a, she's an, she's the only person I've ever met who's more of an orcaholic than I am. Um, wow. I've been obsessed with orcas or killer whales since childhood. Marie realised that in the part of Iceland that she's in, there hadn't been a lot of research or conservation efforts um, done about the killer whale populations there. Um, And um, when you have a population of beings that you don't really understand, it's much harder to make a case to protect them, right? So um, she's... um, created this tiny little non-profit organisation, which I think is magnificent and punches far above its weight, um, to um, research into the populations there, into um, how they group into pods and family structures, into things like what they eat, how they migrate. Um, She's discovered, I think, now 22 matches between killer whales that migrate from the western part of Iceland to Scotland. Um, It's really cool, right? In cooperation with partners um, who are doing the matching at the other side in Scotland. The stories of the orcas and um, hopefully that brings them closer to the animals that maybe makes them love them also more and so when they when they care for the animals I hope that influences their everyday actions. Um, it's um, a way of identifying orcas that doesn't involve having to touch them or interfere with them in any way. Um, and it's just done through photographs, right? So you can photo- if you get a good enough quality photograph of an orca's dorsal fin and the saddle patch, which is the grey patch along the back of an orca, um, that's as unique as a fingerprint or like a, a face of a human. Um, so Marie's catalogued hundreds of these um, in sort of with great rigor identifying their family patterns and stuff um so and now she can actually um identify them on site often quite a few of the ones that come by regularly um so but what it means is that if she's got um the photos from iceland and then they can study them and the photos from scotland and then see where the matches are and you get more of a sense of their behavior
do it. Now come on, Willie. I know you can do it, boy. I know you can jump this wall. Come tell, on, tell us a little bit more about why you kind of got into them. Like you said that you were very eleven or something, very young when you when you first started getting into. Does it involve like, free Willie? Dave, does it involve Dave? What? It's just you know, I was gonna. You, you I was trying to, to get like a profound answer, <laughs> and you were like, "Is um, it Hollywood? Does it involve Free Willy?" I hate to disappoint you. It does involve Free Willy? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> right. Okay. Fine. I mean, come on. Who couldn't? Who wasn't affected by that movie when we true, were growing up? True. Right. It was. It, it was magnificent on so many different um, levels. You've got the parallel between the orca that's been taken away from its mum and its family and young Jesse who's you know been placed into care and then you've got the whole big baddies that you've got to face in terms of the aquarium owners and then you've got loads of um, first nation indigenous wisdom that sort of pops in along the sides as well I mean there's no shame in bringing in free women. Right. No, into I, the conversation, yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I agree. So what what is it about these animals then other, other than free willy? Because uh, as I mean, they're they're not like a kind of cuddly lion or something that you see on the Attenborough documentary. Or, cuddly lion. Yeah, well, I don't go, I don't recommend <laughs> cuddling lions, but you know what I mean. Like when they film all the lion cubs, and it's very easy to to do that thing which we couldn't remember the word for or pronounce the word for when we were chatting earlier to answer a pomorphize. Anthropomorphize. Yeah. Uh, with like big cats or or anything like that, even to like with some things like elephants or whatever. But whales, they're not whales, they're dolphins, but killer whales, right? They're not whales. Well, that's what the internet says. What's your question? My question is why? My question is why these things which you can tell very little about, why did they fascinate you? Why did they capture you? So technically they're classed as dolphins, um, but we we see them as whales. So that's where your whale dolphin thing's coming from. But um, so... I suppose, firstly, I'm, I'm going to start with the deep stuff. That I, I dream about them. I've dreamt about them since I was a kid. There's really? some, Yeah, there's some sort wow. of connection going on there. That, and, and, when they're, and when I've been on the boat in Iceland, um, there's this, like, feelings like sparkles of energy. Like, wow. Right, that just sort of like a waterfall of energy, that, which is just... It's, they're amazing creatures. Um, and I suppose that's part of why I love them, is, like, that sense of wonder and actually realising how little we understand about them as mere human beings, like... They, um, from what's been observed in the wild about how they interact with each other, um, the, the link between mother and children being particularly strong, um, forming matriarchal families so that a family is a mum, her children, um, her brothers and um, so-and-so and the father... Are, the fathers of the kids are in their own families with their mums, etc. Okay. So the granny of a of a family is the, the the leader that makes the decisions, and that that sort of that f- f- female feminine wisdom is respected as you know it's such a different model to the one that we live in in our society. Um, sick whales and young whales are generally provided for and there's so much teaching that goes on with older members of the family teaching hunting behaviors and what well, so if, if one of the whales is sick the other ones will what, when you say provided for what will they do like in terms of helping with feeding yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. it's there's, there's a culture of sharing you wow. know that we, we can which we need right we in do our need culture that. at the moment yeah. we do need that but you're not very important so i can't be bothered to talk to you do you see 
unless, of course, your father or husband is important, in which case I would be prepared to patronise you for a few minutes for the sake of your important connections. Is, is the killer bit fair? Why do we call them that? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're gentle, particularly in, in a, you know, they, they are powerful, magnificent beasts and they are really, really, really good at killing. Like they are excellent <laughs> killing machines. Okay, that, 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 that's, that, that's what they do, right? Right. So it's not, okay, um, so we're allowed to so, so, right, no, but, but, but what are you imagining, you... Dave? Like, I don't like, sorry to jump in, but. Well, I don't, you know. So I mean, like sort of going up to a herring and going, uh, terribly sorry to do this, but would you mind, I'm just quite hungry. Would you mind if I... As long as the sea lions stay well up the beach, you might think they would be safe. But the hungry whales are very daring. <laughs> they're an animal! They I need know. to... But the way she's been describing them, it's like they're, you know, the animal, the, the whale equivalent of a someone going around with an acoustic guitar singing Kumbaya. And, <laughs> like, I just want to establish that you don't necessarily want one of them on your case, right? Um... No, you really don't. I mean, no, no. There's been no record of a killer whale attacking or an orca attacking a human being in the wild. Really, it happens in captivity because you know, yeah. If you put me in a bathtub, I'd get pissed off and try and attack. Can I swear? <laughs> you, you, could you can swear. swear. <laughs> you can swear. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm also quite intrigued by the idea of someone putting you in a bathtub and you then killing them, which is <laughs> like an extreme reaction for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. Sorry. And yeah. making me do tricks. Right, yes, um, fair enough. To get my food and pumping me full of antibiotics and all the you know all the other stuff that happens in captivity. Um, do you know what I I've lost the plot now? Where, where are we? <laughs> right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what we're going to do now. We go before we go any further. Ah. It's time for orca quiz. Okay. Right. Question one. Right. <coughs> this, this is the Dave this versus is, Dave versus Shilpa orca quiz. Dave versus Shilpa. And I'm looking to you for a strong performance in this, Shilpa. Like, it's gonna, I'm, I'm not looking to you for a particularly strong performance, but you might, you might surprise me. Question one. What... Is this fingers on the buzzers? Uh, yeah, OK. Um, so, yeah, because hands aren't going to work. So you have to say Shilpa and you have to say Dave. OK. OK, you can do that. Right, question one. What is an orca's size relative to a bus? What? What kind of bus? Yes. What size orca? It's, hang on a minute. Um, Shilpa said Shilpa. You didn't say Dave, so pipe down. Um, Dave. <laughs> not yet. Uh, well, uh, the diagram I'm looking at is one of those American school buses. I have no idea how long an American school bus is. Nor me. So I'm going to have a guess. Dave. <laughs> I mean, when, I see, when I've seen orcas, they look about as long as a bus. Yeah. Okay. Uh Dave. Yeah. An adult, an adult orca. Yeah, yeah, and I'm talking about a grown-up one. Dave! <laughs> this, my buzzer's not working. Is this thing on? Uh, <laughs> the largest that an orca has been recorded is about 10 metres. Now, I don't think a bus is about 10 metres long. I think a bus is about 6 metres long. So I reckon it's slightly bigger than a bus. No, I was I'm thinking f- about bendy buses as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is incorrect, although I'm going on the average size of an orca, not the biggest ever recorded. That's a stupid uh, question. Slightly smaller than one of those American school buses. Well, that's bigger um, So I think Shilpa was pretty close to that. Uh, so you're getting the points. Right, question two. Fair. Fill in the blank. There are two of these. Cretin. <laughs> Number one. <clears throat> Here we go. They use blank 
to communicate and hunt, making sounds that travel underwater until they encounter objects, then bounce back, revealing their location, size and shape. Shelby. Uh, uh, in there first. Um, clicks and s- s- songs. Is there, a, is there a sort of scientific name for that? Echolocation. Yes! Points to Jill. Thank you very much. What were you going to say, Dave? Nothing. No. Uh, Excuse me. All right, they're on to us. Get them back to SeaWorld. Name three things orcas eat. Dave. Uh, Fish. Yep. Seals. Yep. Krill. Mm, It's not on my list. Well, I mean, they must eat them. Yeah, they must eat krill. Yeah, they right. Eat, they eat creatures which eat krill, but they don't eat krill. No, balls. If they're going along there with their big mouths and their mouths are open and they're in the sea, they're going to eat krill. But you could say that. You could say anything you could find in the ocean, then they could eat. Well, that would be a correct answer to that. No. Krill, I'm having the points for that. No, you're not having the points for that. Why that's, not? That's ridiculous. Shilpa, do you have any additional uh, beings that will be eaten by an orca? This quiz is stupid. <laughs> Um, they've they've been um, so orcas 50 orcas were seen earlier this year taking down a blue whale um, near Australia what Um, and eating it yeah a blue whale the biggest um, creature on this planet and so they can eat other whales Um, they've been observed eating dolphins sea lions lots of other creatures that is astonishing so I knew I had whales on my list but I assumed it meant quite small whales no I mean this was a a huge group of orcas and team worker probably should be called extraordinary And is that like, so I'm, my mind is blown by that. Is that kind of, was that known behaviour before they filmed it this year or, or? I don't think it's been observed very often. I think it was observed before, but right. it's not It's not observed very often. That's crazy. Killer whales are a bit meaner than I thought and I knew they were called killer whales. Okay, so on this killer whale thing, right? Hang on a minute, so... hang on a minute, hang on a minute. <laughs> Just wait for the quiz to finish. We're nearly there. Right, final question, and then I'll let you get on with the thing that you wanted to actually talk about. Uh, this is another fill in the blank. Two blanks in here. <laughs> in the Antarctic, pod members cooperate to make large what that what seals from the flows. Shilpa, you want to go for it, Dave? No, I don't, I don't. Um, so they make like a... They can use their flukes to make a, a wave which then tips over an ice flow um, that the seal's sitting on to knock it into the water, which, I mean, if you're that seal, that's terrifying, isn't it? Um, well, that is correct. Uh, Thank you. I, was, I was hoping for some sillier answers, but um, that is correct. So, you know, well done, everybody. Did I win Orca Quiz? No, you didn't. No, Shilpit emphatically won Orca Quiz. I wasn't keeping count of the score, but she got more than you. What was it you wanted to talk about, Shilpa? Orcas. Orcas. Killer whale the killer bit. Whale. The killer whale bit. Yes. So in Western culture, right, um, going back to the 18th century, um, when um, it's thought that sailors who were seeing killer whales attacking whales when they were whaling um, called them whale killers, and then that changed to killer whale, oh, right? Okay. Um, and then this whole ferocious um, image has been around for quite a while. Um, the... I mean, they've been they've been the subject of culls, military target practice, um, 
in Roman before that in Roman times, um, they were there's been literature saying that they're like ferocious monsters and that they're vicious and evil and all this kind of thing. And um, even the name Orcanus Orca refers to that. Like, it's kind of a demon from the dead kind of sense from 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 what they mean. Hmm. Um, that's in Western culture, at least. In First Nations culture or Indigenous culture, it's very different. Killer whales have been held sacred and worshipped, um, both for their strength and power and for um, a sense of them. Um, it's, it's, it, there's different stories, but there's often a sense of them being guides, or like spirit guides. Um, but what happened with killer whales is that in... Um, or orcas, and, and they are, you know, they're, they're, they're the apex predator of our oceans, right? They're at the very top of the food chain, and killing is what they, you know, is one of the things they do really well. Um, and, but then in the 19, um, sort of 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, etc., when captivity became a thing, um, they sort of went from ferocious, evil killing machine that often could be killed on sight. Um, to a kind of cuddly superstar, like Marine Park superstar, like cutified and been made to do tricks and been made to talk. Yeah. Do you remember back in episode 101, all we had the talking orca? Which yes. Is, yes. Yes. It sounded I do. like this. And uh, yeah, and you were talking then about like how ridiculous it was that they got these orcas to quote talk. Do you want to say a bit more about that? It, of course, it's ridiculous because it's based on the idea that something's valuable if it's similar to us. Mm. That that something is valuable if it shows characteristics that are similar to things that we hold familiar and dear. Whereas actually, the idea that this creature, it, like. We don't. We still don't know most of what goes on in whales' brains, how they communicate with each other. There's some researchers have maybe come across things that maybe that they have the potential to be able to um, to read minds um, or, or like communicate in different ways, or maybe being connected to a deeper sense of collective consciousness than we can even imagine possible. That's we, Dar- we, we, Brown just, stuff. we just don't know. Wow. We, we we just don't know. So I think, and maybe you know what we don't know is scary. So to try and, you know, I suppose also justify captivity. The whale that that research was done on is held captive in a, in, in a tank, um, and. Really? We're going to put orcas in a tank and make them talk and then call it news? It was, it was just ridiculous. How on earth did, like, did someone think that it was a good idea to just stick one or more of these creatures in a, essentially a swimming pool? That's the bit I don't understand, like... Well, I get, I get that once they did it, they were like, "Well, we can commercialize this. We can get people to pay loads of money to come and see this kind of." That's how like circuses have worked, how theme parks, whatever. That's how zoos work. Zoos I mean, work. It's, it's exactly. It's what, yeah, but, it's what we do to loads of animals, not just killer whales. But like, how could how could you possibly begin to think that a creature will be not only able to survive, but like content in in that environment when? They usually have the entire ocean, and it's in, and it's and they plumb its depths. Like it's just weird. I mean, I don't know if con- I don't know that contentment was anywhere near 
the you know the top of the, the agenda of the early early people who were first taking captive whales. Um, there's currently still around 60 whales in captivity around the world, I think. And um, yeah, I'm with you that with that sense of disbelief, it, it really, um, however much you try and justify with the sense of um, this being an educational opportunity for people who come to watch them, it's, it comes to the bottom line of profit. We've had a recent wave of a number of companies, including like most recently TripAdvisor, I think, have um, boycotted um, SeaWorld and other places that hold um, whales and dolphins in some cases um, captive. Because the more we understand about these creatures, the more we realise just how just how damaging it is to be. You know, if you travel up to a hundred kilometres a day and you live in these complex family systems and you're used to, you know, a, there's a lot of creativity and intelligence that's used in all behaviours from um, from mating, from um, f- uh, hunting and feeding, from, um, sh- from how, you know, like during childbirth in orcas in the wild have been observed that lots of female relatives are really helping, like the, 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 the birth happen and helping the baby latch on to first drink milk and, the, the, you know, all, all of this stuff that's so natural to be have that completely removed and stripped away. It's, it, it's not just crazy, it's, um, it's really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, um, I think it's a reflection of our own in- inhumanity often as a culture, you know? what it means to be a SeaWorld trainer, that it made me realize what happened to her really could have happened to anyone. I've been expecting somebody to be killed by a telecom. We weren't told much about it other than it was trainer error. It didn't just happen. It's not a singular event. You have to go back to understand this. Yeah, I remember that Blackfish film. So if, if anyone's not seen Blackfish, you should watch Blackfish. I haven't um, seen Blackfish. Must watch Blackfish. Amazing thing. Uh, I, haven't document- wa- I haven't watched it. You haven't it. watched it? Uh, you, 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 <laughs> I can't watch it. I well, that's the thing. It's, it's upsetting stuff. So it's about yeah. a whale called Tilikum, I think. What was in one of the sea worlds in uh, America somewhere. And it just showed just the extent of what you've been saying. Just, But that was the story of, of, of that particular whale who had attacked its um, handlers a couple of times, I think. and Because well, it was right pissed off. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's kind of the point. Well, yeah. not even just right pissed off. I mean, basically it told a story that it had been abused to the point of um, not knowing which way was up anymore, basically. So tell us about, are there a lot of killer whales out there? Are they doing all right? So there was the news, is it, last week uh, about humpback whales now relatively doing a lot better than they have been doing. It's one of your sort of few examples. I think this is right. I'm hoping other people around the table will correct me. But uh, That's hum- right. I'm just opening that link right about Very now. Very good, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're doing, quote, surprisingly well, according to a news story. <laughs> After a close brush with extinction. Um, and so how are orcas doing? Uh, are they in a good state? Are they in peril or what? So the answer to that depends really on whereabouts in the world you're talking about, yeah? 
um, we're really lucky in Iceland that the populations we've been observing in um, in the west of Iceland seem to be doing really well, touch wood. Um, <laughs> and we know this because of uh, the presence of calves, um, like babies, which look relatively healthy, um, like look like a good weight and stuff. So all the research that Marie's been doing, keeping an eye on um, new babies and, um, and how families are growing. Um, in other parts of the world, there are different threats um, that are threatening populations. So in the UK at the moment, we're down to, I think, less than 10 of our resident population group. Um, and the main reason that they think um, for that is that um, is to do with uh, chemical pollution. So um, chemical pollutions from manufacturing processes. Um, is this PCBs? PCBs, exactly. Um and are they still a thing that are, that are going into the environment? or No, they were banned in the 1970s and 80s, um, but they, uh, they're really hard to actually, you know, they haven't been removed. The cleanup mostly hasn't been done. And because orcas are apex predators, all of the, um, the molecules that are in any sea life concentrate themselves into... Um, into the food that orcas eat, as, you know, as, as it goes up the food chain. Um, and it's affecting reproduction. So they think that's the main reason we haven't got... Babies haven't successfully reproduced around in the UK resident population. Um, and um, possibly one of the reasons for the fact that the southern residents off the west coast of the US, um, there hasn't been a... a, a a successful rearing of a calf for a number of years now. Um, and they affect the immune system as well, the, the, the orca's immune system and ability to fight disease as well, um, particularly um, when that conflates with a lack of food. So it's like when these multiple threats interact with each other, it gets much worse. <coughs> salmon farms are a huge issue. Um, you might have heard there's been a lot in the news about salmon farms off the west coast of Canada, particularly recently, and the impact that, they have on, that, that they've been having on the wild salmon population. The viruses in farm salmon, the amount of lice, I mean, these... These salmon companies hoover off lice off salmon before you eat it. You know, it's so grim, isn't like, it? The um, whole but, thing. but but the, the the impact that they've had on the population of wild salmon is affecting orcas, not just orcas. You might have seen some. There's been a lot of pictures on social media of starving um, starving bears in um, off the west coast of Canada as well recently. Um, but the I've got to say the campaigning that's been led by a number of First Nation activists and um, my favourite author uh, who's written about orcas, Alexandra Morton, she's an activist now on salmon as well. The campaigning has been incredibly inspiring. They've been tenacious. They've got huge amount of... They, they've done so much education and awareness raising work and they're really pushing to hold the authorities to their account, um, given that the salmon farming companies haven't really responded responsibly. It's, um, so I just, I think anything that can be done to support them um, and to also just, yeah, don't eat farm salmon. Don't eat salmon. Don't eat salmon. <laughs> Be a nice vegan. If you gain weight from too much chow, I will never call you a cow. Can you mention one whale in the history of mankind that has had a record in the top ten? Can you? So if you're sat here in um, stinky, orca-less London... Or anywhere. Or 
or Stinky Orcalus Birmingham. Or Stinky Orcalus Wales. I have to say I've had considerable restraint all the way through this (laughs) at not doing Welsh accent every time you say the word Wales. Yes, I think we can all agree you've done very well. Jochen So, uh, if you're in any of those places, or any of the places that we haven't named, where there aren't orcas... Bracknell. uh, (laughs) What what can you do? What can you do to help out orcas? Um, Or, indeed, wild salmon, but mainly orcas. I really want to do a Welsh accent now, but I'm not going to because that would be awful. Um, (laughs) So, learn about them. Like, you know, like, watch documentaries, read about them as much as you can... Um, Listening to Wales by Alexandra Morton is an incredible book and I can't, rec- like that fits on my bedside table all the time. I can't recommend that enough. Um, there's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of organisations working to protect orcas have really great information and blogs and things on their website. Um, we have quite a lot of information on our Orca Guardians website. and um, Which is what, how do we find that? Orcaguardians.org. Um, and if you want to, you can support the work of the organisation by adopting an orca. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, we have put ten... Put it in your bathtub. We have ten, yeah, <laughs> put it in your bathtub. Take it home and put it in your bathtub. No, do not take it home. <laughs> um, no, you can adopt a wild, a wonderfully wild and free orca um, by making a, um, a contribution to Orca Guardian's work, um, uh, which is entirely volunteer-run Um on a shoestring budget um, and in return from that you'll get a whole like you'll get a load of information about your orca about where it's been seen who it's been seen with what it's been up to um, uh, and you know how he or she is doing that uh, sounds so, you, so you, nice yeah so it's just developing that connection between um, you know so it's not anonymous anymore yeah um, never mind your uh, never mind your Amazon products or your unnecessary Christmas shit you don't need all. Have you bought Amazon products yet for Christmas? Obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so um Alexandra Morton, who I just mentioned, who was who who who, you know, was really is really famous for her orca research and now the the salmon farm campaigning. Um in that book she says, um, I know the very best hope for any species on earth today is that some group of humans love it. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is grow, grow your love for orcas. <laughs> That's that really from you can do that from home. Um, if you I, if you do go whale watching and it's if you, you know to see orcas can be life changing. Um, a lot of whale watching can be done from land in different places as well. But really thinking about like responsible whale watching. Um, Lauki Tours and Orca Guardians were involved in drawing up a code of conduct for whale watching around Iceland. So that's been like they're, they're really at the forefront of responsible whale watching out there. But you know what? I was in the swimming pool on Monday. Oh, God. Was it an orca? <laughs> no. But okay. <laughs> That, that, that's a whole other story I did go through a phase when I was a kid of always worrying there's an orca in a swimming pool when you've watched Free Willy and you've yeah. watched that yeah. scene when Jesse falls in it's like an occupational hazard um, but no that they'd cordoned off part of the pool and um, they were doing some maintenance work so this guy's drilling in the pool right and that drill was like going through my head when I was like swimming uh. and I was thinking if I'm an orca where, where I've got so much more sensitivity to so much more sensitivity to sound like the, the loads of engines like boat engines and stuff what it must be a nightmare so um so yeah so if you i mean i re, I, I think seeing whales can be incredible and people you know people generally have 
a sort of dreamy blissed out look over their face but if you do go really thinking responsibly um about the impact it's having um i would also say particularly like talk to children about orcas um about all animals actually i think i think all animals are magic but having conversations with and sharing that magic with people with young people who are maybe far more you know re really receptive um to to, to 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 understanding them i think is a really great thing we can all do as well and show them free willy yeah watch free willy yeah. <laughs> have, have a free willy party <laughs> that sounds no. dodgy as hell oh. what don't what <laughs> That is just about it for another episode of Babble. 160 of the little blighters in the net. Yes, indeed. Oh, I loved that. What a lovely chat that was all about orcas. I now wish to have an orca. I wish to adopt one. <laughs> it uh, shall be mine. shall be mine. I that shall. was the take-home message, wasn't it? Yeah, Acquire orcas. <laughs> Acquire orcas put in sync. Uh, thank you very much, Shilpa, for coming in here and talking to us. Thank you, as ever, to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts, end and intertwinkles this podcast, and to the splendiferous Arthur Stovall for the logo What Adorns Us and our stuff, like our T-shirts, what you can get on our website at sustainable.fish. Fish, fish. Yeah. Ah, finally, we found a reason why that's our web address. If you want to give us money, well, so that's that how you we... find us on the net. Oh, oh <laughs> very nice. You want to give us money? Oh, we've gone all the way through this without mentioning the what is the collective noun for an orca? A pod. A pod. I yeah. can't believe. Oh, come on. Yeah. You're going to put that into the notes of the show when you write. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, if you'd like to give this pod more money so that we can for instance take a trip out to West Iceland Ooh. just to check that there are orcas there like she says to, there just are just to check uh, you can do so by going to our Patreon page which is www.patreon.com forward slash sustainable thank you very much to all the people that do we love you uh, we really do love you it's amazing and very humbling and it helps us do fun stuff Right, that's just about it. No, for this. it's not because I haven't said how people can get in touch. Oh, right. So I'm going to do that. I if you want something to, else, yeah. If you want to get in touch, send us an email at hello at sustainababble.fish. Hello. Uh, you can tweet us at the Babble Wagon, or you can just search Facebook for Sustainable. Right. Very good. Can I go now? Yes. Excellent news. Bye. Bye. Is there a free Willy quiz? Because I would totally win that. <laughs> yeah.